Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. This is episode 253. This week, we have Georgians ready to roll the dice. The gears slowly grind for medical marijuana. Legislative pandering. A mule from out west. California, 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 Dr. Gag. <laughs> oh, we're starting off with a bang, aren't we? Unrealistic house hunters and Oregon kicking ruse. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is quote unquote journalist, writer, dog mom, and owner of the GeorgiaVirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. It's only good if you put quotes around it. Yeah, because that makes an insult. Right. And then, and then they follow up with no insult intended. Sure, Jan. Yeah. All right. If I say I'm not, but I am. So, yeah, no insult in- intended. Bless your heart. Well, also, no. like, if, if Eric or you or one of my friends comes on and does that, then, of course, we're all going to be like, ha ha, LOL, funny gift. That's so funny. But if it's somebody who has never commented on my stuff and is family to the person who's in the article, I'm going to, I think it's safe to say it's an insult when you put journalist in quotes and then can like attempt to discredit my work. Yes, this is the the cell phone story, which uh, it's really a, an interesting read and we're not going to get to it on the show. There's so much developing on it uh, as, as we go along, but we'll get to it in the coming weeks. But it was her relative that, that you know... <laughs> done got herself in trouble and then it's like well you don't understand the whole story well go for it well and she ended up deleting her comments and and i was nice and petty and posted them back because i hate that crap i mean i hate like don't go on there and like try to lob a bomb and then when everybody else comments back and puts you in your place like run away just own it and be like you know what i'm a family member i jumped the gun you have a job to do I hope the whole I hope you would tell the whole story when it comes out. If she would have said that, I would have been like, totally. I would I'll be the first one in line to do it. Like, there are other ways to go about it. It I mean, I would recommend not saying anything at all if you're the family member of someone who's been arrested. Because it never ends well, because of course you take everything personally. I mean right. of, of course. I that's not I'm not that's not an outrage, but don't insult me because you're taking it personally. I didn't arrest your daughter. Look, I, I see it all the time on the mugshot sites, where people start making comments on, on, on them. And so, that's my brother, and you don't understand. He's got an addiction problem. It's like, you know what? You're not helping anything. Well, he might have an addiction problem. We're not, we're not disputing that. But that addiction problem caused him to get arrested. So, here yeah, we with are. the three pounds of crystal meth he had. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, they, they, these folks always pop. and you, usually the comments are not are not ugly. It'll be it'll be something like uh, somebody with big ears. Like you couldn't hear you couldn't hear couldn't hear the police coming. Um, <laughs> you know, stuff. It, it's it's all petty internet stuff. And my my response to them is always the same. First day on the internet, right? And like if you I didn't mean, say we, anything, nobody, it wouldn't blow up. No, well, that's true too because then you draw attention to it. I mean, I tell people that all the time, but I mean, again. I understand as like a family member, I get it, but it's just, you should turn off the internet and just, and wait. Yeah. You get arrested for something. Go ahead and, and shut down your Facebook, your Twitters and all that stuff. But this is a good, a good reminder that everybody should follow the Georgia Virtue on the socials. And get enjoyment out, 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 of, out of the stuff and, and know what's going on locally, whether it's local legislation or it's a county employee giving cell phones to prisoners. Allegedly. 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 And bugle, bugler tobacco. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not up on the tobacco stuff, but I... I believe that's a roll your own. Okay. I believe it's that. I, I think it is. I, I don't know. But anyway... Moving on. I don't know what the a inmates new, are into. I don't know. that. Maybe it's easier to smuggle in like that, or maybe you get more cigarettes out of it. I have no idea. 
But anyway, a, a, a new poll shows most Georgians would like to bring casino gambling to the Peach State. Um. Yeah, I... I, everyone's always like, well, I didn't get pulled. I mean, I never get pulled. But they said that this one was a cell phone, mostly cell phone poll of 800 likely Georgia voters. So I believe the results. I just believe that they probably missed a large faction of the population to include a lot of older folks. Yeah. And look, there there is a, still a very large contingent of of evangelicals who don't believe in don't believe in gambling and then you have a lot of people that don't like what casinos bring in i i will say it's disingenuous if somebody sends their kid to college on the hope scholarship and then turn around and say gambling's wrong sure cuz i tell you the odds at a blackjack table are a hell of a lot better than winning the lottery Yeah, I I mean, we've talked about gambling at length on the show, and I'm against what Georgia wants to do with gambling, which would be make state-sanctioned, state-racketeered. I mean, they, they want to, like, make a complete racket out of it so that the state benefits, and that will be at the um, demise of local places i mean can you imagine like all the chaos in atlanta right now and then throwing a casino in there too it would be it would be a mess only because of how they would how it would be done it would be done with certain people in mind just like the medical marijuana and all that but um uh, it couldn't it couldn't be it couldn't be downtown atlanta anyway it just could but even just atlanta like if you had to go if you had to travel through atlanta to get there Right. Or, because now, I mean, now you think about it, what is it, from Forsyth County to Henry County that they consider Metro Atlanta? Yeah, that's 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 pretty disgusting. I mean, you, you move out to Forsyth. Or, uh, I'm in Metro Atlanta now in Paulding County. Are you? Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Uh, and one of the best quotes is a friend of mine had a gun business and uh, his ATF agent came in. You know, they review records periodically. And he said, how was the drive from Atlanta? She goes, sweetie. You're in Atlanta. And he it, 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 it doesn't live in Paulding County anymore. He moved further out. He's, that's when it hit me. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not little old Paulding County anymore. Uh, but anyway, uh, I could see Savannah being a, a destination for because there's other stuff to do besides go to the casino. I will tell you, if they make the casino business unprofitable by, by sticking their hands in it, they're going to kill it. And what that'll do is that it will kill the immediate area around it. If you think about all the jobs to be created, everybody moving close to it to, to go to work and the infrastructure that goes into it. And if, if it fails, mm-hmm. that, that's problematic. It's very problematic, problematic for the area. I don't think uh, Atlantic City has recovered economically. It's, Atlantic City is just, I mean, it's just, it's not Vegas. Same thing with Biloxi. I mean, I, and I've been to Biloxi a good bit. It's not Vegas. And the biggest complaint I heard from folks near Biloxi is where the casinos are is not where the people that work there live. They live in the county next to it. And what they did is that that county is making a ton of money off the casinos, but the county the county adjacent has to put all those kids through school. Lovely. So that was that was a that was a big complaint. So if you can think of, think of putting a, a casino in Brunswick, and everybody living living one county over, or everybody living in Savannah, or, or vice versa, putting one in Savannah and people living in Brunswick and going to work every day, the the Brunswick uh, school system would be overloaded with this influx of families coming in, and Savannah would be getting all the all the benefit. That's what's going to happen with to us with this stupid ass Hyundai plant. Exactly what's going to happen. They want to live the, here because it's a nice place to live, and it's not as crowded. So they're going to crowd it up, and we don't have the schools, we don't have the infrastructure, or anything else, and we'll have to pay for it. Same exact concept. Yep, same thing with the Rivian plant. And I'm mm-hmm. sure the same thing happened with the with the Kia plant uh, down on the other side, down 85. Uh, so for I, sure. I am, 
because people, when, when you, you want to live within an hour of work typically, which is, you know, a county over and you want to live somewhere. If you're going to send the kids to public school, the best public, get the best house in the best school district you can possibly get. And that's not going to be in Savannah. It's going to be right out, right outside. Uh, it won't well, be in Fulton County if they're to put in Fulton County. If they're to put, say, if they put it up in Milton, uh, everybody would 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 uh, work in Fulton and then live in Forsyth. It does. It always does make me giggle when they talk about the you know casinos versus sports betting and then just horse racing and everything. And this poll in particular was. Um, 66% in favor of casinos with 60% favorability of sports betting. I would allow online betting in Georgia. I'm not, again, I, I if you want to put the money in open casino, I, from a principled standpoint, I don't care. Uh, home poker games, you know, technically are illegal. They should be legal. Uh, sports betting should be legal. It's a huge industry right now. The only reason it's not, and the reason online gaming is not, is the government hasn't figured out how to make money on it. Because mm-hmm. all those servers are elsewhere. They're either overseas or they're in Nevada or someplace like that. All those servers are elsewhere. So the the Caesars app, I, 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 there's a bunch of commercials for it. Uh, I think it, I think it's Jamie Foxx that's, that's advertising for them. Uh or the MGM, whatever, whatever casino app, you see it on, on all the games. It's big, it's big, big, big business right now. And it's it, the convenience. And, you know, Georgia has tapped into it because you can sit at home and play the lottery on your phone. So they see the potential for it, but they're not making any money on it, so they're not going to allow it. Uh, government. Yeah. They said it was, uh, I mean, the, the bipartisan support, this this is of the 800, uh, 73% of the Democrats supported 60% of Republicans. Now, of Not course, surprising. this is self-stating. Yeah. Uh, 100% of libertarians, probably. Uh, you know, just... Nah. Get, I mean, I get, su- again, I support the concept, just not how the government wants to do it. Right. Well, exactly right. Is is the libertarian side is going to be, well... Just don't have any regulation about it at all. If someone wants to pop up a casino, it's on them. No, when you, when you get gaming, you get gaming commissions. And that's where you get uh, the state have, will come out with a reg. If you have to, machines have to pay out a certain percentage of time. Doesn't mean it's not a certain percentage of money they take, time. So if you put a quarter in, get 50 cents back, that's considered one time it paid out. It's not, you know, the this machine took $5 million uh, this quarter and we had to pay out $3 million. Now, it doesn't work like that. It's just numbers of times that it pays out. I know, I know, I know too much about, about gaming. I I don't get the, the, the heavy push for casino gambling. Uh, I, mean, I guess, I guess if you're Van Johnson, it, it would, uh, and, and you could bring a bunch of jobs to the area, you, you would look good for doing it. Well, of course. I mean, of course he wants, someone like him would want it because restaurants that have been open for decades and, and other businesses in Savannah are closing up shop and leaving. So, um, well, why, the, why the hell was that? Could it be because uh, Johnson shut down the city? Yeah, I mean, he certainly hasn't done anything to make it easier for businesses to operate, even in the post-COVID, um, in the new normal post-COVID world. So, yeah. But, I mean, of course someone like him would be elated to have some low-hanging fruit and be able to say, look, there's a 600 jobs here or whatever. And when you when you talk about tourism coming in for, for gaming, uh, we are very close, in Atlanta, we're very close to Cherokee. Uh, I think it's an hour, hour and a half away. Uh, we, we are, you know, we're not far from, from Biloxi, six hours away. Uh, from Atlanta to to go to Savannah, we're, we're four or five hours away. We're not we're not devoid of opportunities to go go gamble. I think you know you've got Seminole uh, casinos down in down in Florida. You've got uh, we're we're surround we're surrounded by opportunities if you want to go play. But if you walk into Biloxi or Atlantic City, walk in at a I don't know ten o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday, not a holiday week. And walk in there and, and and take a look around and who's who's playing. It's locals 
sitting there at the machines, just like you see in the gas stations. Uh, you know, outside, obviously, outside of Quick Trip and all that stuff, but the folks that just sit there at the machines and chain smoke and watch their watch their government checks go up in smoke. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what you see. And that's what you see on a, like a Tuesday afternoon or something when, when you when you walk into these places. You know, obviously, if we, you know, holiday weekends and stuff like that is is uh, uh, people traveling, coming in and, and spending the weekend and having a good time. But, you know, if, if you think it's good for your community, it really isn't. But then again, the, the government has no problem with somebody cashing cashing their their check and going to the gas station and buying you know buying lottery tickets and standing there scratching them off because because that benefits government. Well, if government desires to have these, the only I would I would say okay, go ahead and have the casinos. However, you're going to regulate it, whatever. If they did away with the state income tax. And the lottery. You want them to do I mean, away with the lottery? Yeah. But Lottery's lottery. crooked. It is crooked, but I mean, all the, the children the, that go to school. I know, all the poor children. Yeah, and, and it's have co- has caused, uh, we talk about inflation and eggs. Mm-hmm. Good Lord, look at, look at inflation and education. It only it got it got it only got this expensive because it got free. That's why it costs more to go to Kennesaw State than some of the major universities in the southeast. Well, but that'll be the yeah. only circumstance under which I would say fine. Because the other thing too about making the racket, like if it's anything like the bill they proposed a couple of years ago with, you know hundred thousand dollar application fee that's non-refundable and you talk about lots of people applying in four or five casinos around the state and then the taxes that come from that and everything else and the licensing fees every year um like they the state does not deserve any more money i don't care if they give us a 250 dollar check back when it's time to file our taxes they don't deserve any more money and until they operate and say we're going to like restructure this entirely they they should not get any more yeah and 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 here's the thing it's not going to be the success that they think it is Mm -hmm. again i I don't care if if uh if a entrepreneur looks in an area and says this be this would be ripe for a casino and it's uh, i want to i i have no problem with it uh Government saying you can build here, 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 and, and uh, it's going to cost you. First of all, the people who apply are going to be approved. They're going to be people who already run casinos, and they'll, they'll have a they'll have a resume. Well, sure, it'll be like with the freaking marijuana scam where they give you extra points for already having an established um, dispensary somewhere else. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a uh, that's a good enough transition. Without so beating that that one into the good enough tra- transition into another fake celebration for the devil's lettuce. Yeah. So here we are in 2023. Um, the medical marijuana commission that they you know for the can it's not even for marijuana it's for freaking cannabidiol oil. They finally, you know, they they had they gave out those licenses and there was like an injunction about how they did it. Now they're talking about they've finally approved the rules about how it will be sold um, and how the locations will be able to actually dispense. It's just so the. You know, this all started in 2015 when they started adding diseases and then and then we didn't have the infrastructure in place to grow it here. So what was it in 2018, I believe they passed legislation to start the process of growing it. And here we are. We're going to be a decade in before the doors of the dispensary ever open. Yeah. And these poor families are still traveling, you know, everywhere get it illegally and making their own and everything else while 40 states have some sort of program whether it's you know medical marijuana where you can buy actual just the pure 
THC, whatever, to the lower oil, which, I mean, we're not, we're doing the bare minimum. We are doing the absolute bottom of the barrel thing we can offer Georgians. And we just figured out how to put the rules This stuff in place. is going to be so expensive by the time it's said and done. That it'll be cheaper to go and and, and buy buy a pot on the street and make your own oil out of it. Which we've talked about before, but compromises like so a lot of these kids in particular who are people who are in like medical trials and stuff are disqualified from participating in the trials if they don't get the medicine from a legitimate source or a you know a, a something that can be sourced. So our state's doing them absolutely no favors. Like, it's just, it's embarrassing, truly. It is. And one of the big, big uh, advocates for it uh, lives out here. His name's J- J- uh, Jimmy Wages. Well, Jabo has uh, has been working on this because he has a severely disabled daughter, Sydney, and she uh, has seizures. And when the when the therapy dog starts indicating the seizures coming on, they can put a, put a couple of drops under her tongue and and mm-hmm. and and re- if not avoid it, reduce the severity of, of, of it. And he is he's been out front on on this subject and worked hard with with Michael Gravely to to get to get this through. And obviously with Alan Peake and and all those folks. But you know, I remember still remember the celebration when when it got when it got put through, and it was Micah and Jabo uh, hugging each other when it finally when it finally got done. And here we are five years later. Just about, and we're we're still dickering over. Okay, it's going to be dispensed in plastic a plastic bottle with eyedropper. Uh, the bottle could be no more than two inches high. Just unbelievable. And yep. it, you know, we're going to be a decade in before the first uh, first patient is able to walk in and get it. And if they the, can the, afford it. Yeah, and the, I can't imagine what the cost is going to be. It's not covered by insurance. Uh, it's going to be straight out of pocket. And again, if if it's if it's five hundred dollars a month for the supply of cannabis oil, or you can you can buy fifty dollars. You can buy. I have no idea what fifty dollars weed looks like. Fifty dollars worth of weed and and essentially make your own by cooking it in butter or whatever. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, it's 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 not about uh, want. I don't want to pay four hundred for a lot of families. Is they can't pay that much money for it. And of course, that'll be the next thing once it, once it's out and it's expensive. Is uh, they'll want to price control it or have a subsidy for families who can't afford it. When if they would just let it be freaking sold, right? The if, market if they would, would adjust itself. It would be expensive yeah. until other people entered the marketplace. And in, innovation brings it about. Is I and I, I I don't even know how you make you make uh, cannabis oil, but uh, there's a lot of expense going in to keep it under the under the line, uh, to have it tested, uh, to have the inspections, to have the insurance, to have the security, all the stuff that goes into the operating costs. And look, five years of, of these companies having to having to work work through this stuff has an expense too. Now all that's gonna be rolled into it. And if they start trying to price fix, these companies are just gonna close up shop and leave, and we're right back in the same problem. But the government was so damn worried about how they can make money on it. It's not about safety or anything else. It's they Uncle Sugar wants his cut. Mm-hmm. And once again, like I said about the gambling. It's a lot. It's it's a you get a lot fairer deal just buying from the mafia. Just go ahead and pay your drug dealer. It's a lot better deal. No, that's not legal advice. Hmm. So uh, this week's uh, this legislative week of pandering. Yeah, I mean, we won't spend a ton of time on them because most people are going to know what these are when you talk about them, and there some of them are ones that have been filed every year, like the three-day waiting period on guns and the universal background checks for all purchases, including private sales and all that jazz. Um, they 
the Democrats just can't help themselves. But um, and they filed legislation to repeal Georgia's heartbeat bill, which is completely in vain. One, because I mean, it's it's injunction and then there was an injunction on the injunction. So it's it's back in place, but it's still being appealed because of the whole if then thing. So, I mean, ideally, if Republicans were smart, they would just repeal it themselves and put it back in place now without the if-then controversy. But I know they don't want to go through the the heartache of um, voting on that again just because it was so much publicity about it. But, I mean, Democrats are not going to be able to repeal it on their own. No. So, again... I, I also think they're paying a target on their backs within the state by doing that. Why? Because it gives campaign fodder for all the other reps and state senators. Yeah. Not necessarily to run against uh, against a, a, a solid blue district, but in their own districts, when they, when they want to fundraise, is go out there and say, look, if Democrats take control of the House, this is what you have to look forward to. This is what they're going to do. They're, they're going to try. They're going to put universal background checks. They're going to make a three-day waiting period on a gun. Uh, they're going to repeal the heartbeat bill. This is all this is this is all campaign fodder for every Republican when they go home to their district. Yeah. I mean Georgia Democrats aren't historically known for um being the best strategists. So, I mean No, Stacey Abrams is uh uh certainly not. No, but, in in the others. Well, this they, is and it's selfish. Because what this is, is they're not, this is not for their party. This is for them to go home to their districts mm-hmm. and go, look what I'm, and look, the Republicans do the same crap. Margie Green does the same crap. I dropped articles of, imp- of impeachment day one. Okay, Margie. Right. You know, and, and uh, I think she's getting a little smarter now with, with playing the game and, and all that. But this, this is all they're doing. These, these things will never see the floor. It's going to go into a committee and die. It won't even get a vote in committee. It's just going to go sit on the desk and they'll put it in a circular file. Uh, they have a uh, legislation to regulate moving companies. Right. So they want to like hone in on what exactly a moving estimate entails and what obligations a um, moving company gives when it quotes a company, like how those non-binding estimates how long they're good for, and just, I mean. Look, moving companies are a scam. Sure, uh, but doesn't large, you, like, you go way. into it knowing that, don't you? Yes. I mean, look, it, caveat emptor. Yeah, you, you've, you've, you got to do your research on whichever moving company you're, you're going you're gonna to use, and, and don't, don't buy on estimate price alone because that estimate is not, is not binding. So, oh, well, we didn't see this. Oh, well, you didn't pack all your China. We've got to add money for this. But yeah, it, again, a good intention. I don't even know what, what that's going to accomplish. Again, it's not going anywhere. And they filed legislation to give extra be- SNAP benefit uh, or extra benefits to SNAP recipients, which is food stamps. Yes, but extra recipients or extra money for recipients with three special um diseases or conditions which you know is so on brand for the freaking democrats to just carve out um special treatment for some people so they want it's called the georgia triple threat snap act and um it would give certain tiers of additional funding to people um with let's see high glucose high cholesterol and high blood pressure you don't have to have all three um but it would give $75 extra benefit for a pilot program. Um, I mean. What pilot programs ever landed? Well, usually that, none. Right. It, it, and and then the, if they were getting through, the debate would then be $75 enough to pay for your blood pressure pills. Or your, or your insulin. Which I assume when you say high glucose, you're talking about diabetics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, 
again, this is so they can go back and say, I'm trying, uh, I'm trying to give working families uh, more help for, for the most vulnerable ab- among us. Yeah, but just per usual, it will be these people and then add some more people. And then it's, it's, I mean, just. With, with those three diseases, why don't you say more, uh, more money for fat people? Nice, Dave. Hey, look, I say that as a fat man who has high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if I go on Snap, I, I get like extra 75 bucks. That's like what, a, a pack of chicken now? Eggs. Hey, yeah, yeah, Your eggs. Favorite. Yeah, yeah. Of Your course, if I, topic. It, it, yeah, if I ate more chicken, maybe I would have wouldn't have high blood pressure. <laughs> there you go. This is a good time to remind you: these are our opinions and not those of anyone, not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over at thegeorgiavirtue.com. Jessica, it's time for the mule. Uh, I knew you were going to make me say it because I can't pronounce this last name. <laughs> do, you, do you know how to say it? It's uh, Well, BJ is like Bjorn. So, right. anyway, Judge uh, Charnel. Charnel <laughs> from Washington. She was nominated to be a U.S. District Judge um, by Biden, obviously. And she's been going through the judicial nominee process. And on Wednesday, during her confirmation hearing, Senator Kennedy asked her um, what Article 5 of the Constitution does. And she said, Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. And he said, how about Article 2? And she said, that didn't come to mind either. And, you know... I don't, part of me is like, if you, I don't expect, I mean, we've all seen those videos where they hold up the microphone and they're like, who's the president or who's the vice president? And they don't know. And, you know, all this. And can you name someone on the Supreme Court? And they can't. So, I mean, but those are not, those are not people who have been nominated for, to be a federal judge that can never be removed, basically. And is a lifetime appointment for hundreds of thousands of dollars for very important decisions. Like, I feel like you should review your schoolhouse rock. At least be able to pass the citizenship exam. Because I guarantee you, if, uh, if, if you came here from another country and you want to become a citizen, the Constitution is one of those things they question you on, or it's part of the test. Mm-hmm. And if you are a federal judge... You need to know the damn Constitution. Yeah, I just, I'm not that sympathetic to it. Um, well, Kennedy's known for his, for his, uh, for his questioning with, uh, with nominees. And he's, he, he. But he didn't say like Article 2, Section 1, Clause I 4, you know, I mean, Section, or, or excuse me, Article 2 is the executive branch, like. Right. No, I get it. You know, but it's it, not it, like... When Kennedy, to his credit, does not ask, what do you think of this decision? What do you think of that decision? Which happens a lot with judicial nominees, and they mm-hmm. give the same answer every time, which is I really can't comment on it unless I unless the, I heard the entire case uh, before me, which is is the right answer. You never you never say, so, so what's your opinion on the Second Amendment? Well, you have to give me a specific case, and I'd have to weigh it against the Constitution from there. Uh, Kennedy asked nuts and bolts about the legal profession, and it's surprising how many people who are up to become a judge and know they're going before Kennedy because he's done this before and you aren't prepared. Right. I mean, he's he's a judge killer. Uh, he had he had one just withdraw withdraw the name. Just no, I, you know what? I'm out. You're right. I'm not qualified. I'm out. And I, for, I just, for, it's not that hard. Now, will this hurt her? I have no idea. Well, uh, not. I mean, it's the, the the Senate's controlled by Democrats, and this is exactly what what they were warning about with the with the Walker campaign. If you let the the Democrats control the Senate, they're gonna they'll they'll have power over nominations. 
And that's exactly what's happening. So elections have consequences. Run better candidates, Republicans. Run better candidates. Not football stars, not TV stars. Run some damn decent candidates. Because the two people I'm looking at are Walker and the doctor. The doctor that lost the potato. Yep. Anyway. Federal judge blocks California ban on medical advice that promotes COVID-19, quote, misinformation, end quote. Yes. Yeah, so on Wednesday, also on Wednesday, um, there was an injunction issued against this new state law that says, you know, doctors cannot provide misinformation. It's kind of like the first thing that came to mind and I understand they're doc- ghost tour people and doctors are different, but the first thing that came to mind was the First Amendment suit um, in the Savannah ghost tours where they were they wanted it to be sanctioned by the city so that you they could make sure that you were telling it correctly. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a First Amendment thing. This is unconstitutionally vague, according to the judge who issued the order on the injunction. You think? Uh, well, right. But, I mean... The biggest problem with so the the language that took effect it talks about unprofessional conduct for doctors and the medical advice they provide such as false or misleading information regarding the nature and risks of the virus quote its prevention and treatment and quote the development safety and effectiveness of covid vaccines um and it says that the misinformation is defined as false information that is contradicted by contemporary scientific consensus contrary to the standard of care. And I mean, I this is a we could probably spend an entire show on this, but my opinion is that like COVID is the first time that we have decided that science is not evolving as it always has before and that we might know some information now, but there could be more information that could come like we 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 live in this period or when we're talking about COVID at least where we say we speak in absolutes and it's it's all or nothing absolutely or or none at all. And despite the fact that the science has evolved since we've been living this nightmare anyway. Um, so and a, and a lot of what was considered misinformation is coming out as fact. Sure. And also, how could you I mean, science has never been able to predict with 100 percent certainty how something will affect every single person. We always have outliers. How do you know that the doctor isn't dealing with an outlier? I mean, from the liberal mindset of, you know, that's a decision, uh, like, my body, my choice, and that's a decision between a woman and her doctor and all these other things, and and assisted suicide, that's a decision between a patient and their doctor. All of a sudden now, a doctor cannot be the one who assesses all the things they know about their patient? Well, that's the thing is doctors don't make decisions. They provide information. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they obviously can do what uh, they don't have to do whatever procedures they they feel are, are appropriate for them in their practice. But they don't make the decision for you. They will tell you uh, with with you be with you having these other complications. I think that uh, you should look seriously at, at, at getting the vaccine or Given your list of conditions and some of the side effects from the uh, vaccine, I don't think it's uh, it's a uh, you may want to look at the side effects from the from the vaccine closely before you go and get the shot. And, if, you know, there is a lot of because they, they have been so misleading towards us. And I say they the the government and the government medical complex uh misled us so uh so much through the through the uh through the pandemic especially the early days with masks don't work to wearing three masks um there's there's so much of that that's out there that you know when we see what happened with that buffalo football player having a having a a, a cardiac arrest on the field and other and other uh high profile very in shape people dying of heart attacks uh they were they were all vaccinated all all that all that stuff is 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 circling around the internet, and people are starting to connect dots that may or may not be connected. 
but because because you don't we don't know who to trust. You you, you can't tr- you know when C. Everett Coop was the Surgeon General, uh, when he said something, that was it. You're like, okay, well, you know, the Surgeon General has said this, and, and you know, he's you know he knows what he's talking about. Now we 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 look at everything with a huge grain of salt and. And it's and honestly, it's scary out there because it's you don't know what to believe. Right. The doctors don't know what to believe. They're only, they're given data from CDC or whoever else, and they they can only do the best they can with the information they've they, they've got. Uh, anecdotally, I, I you know I got I got the jab just because I travel out of the country. At the time, it's easier to get back in the country with it. Immediately after my, my second shot, I was in the cardiologist and had a, uh, went into AFib and had to get, had to get shocked back into, into rhythm. And I, I asked the, and I, and the doctor, and, uh, and I asked the doctor, cause when we first found it, I said, well, why don't we wait a couple of weeks before we do the procedure and see if it's still going on? Cause I just had my, my second shot. He goes, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's, let's, that's interesting. Let me, let's look at that. And went back and now you're still in it. So got the, got the paddles. And everything's fine, sure. But it was, but it was, but, uh, it was, it was interesting timing. Now, can I can I can draw any sort of conclusion from that? Absolutely not. No, but if you and your doctor come to a consensus on, I mean, the great thing about doctors is you can go get a second opinion, and it doesn't matter what your doctor says. You're going to find someone else who might have something that's slightly different, no matter what. I mean, that's just reality because you're practicing medicine. It's not concrete. It's doing the best you can with the information that you have at the time and the information that the knowledge that they have. I mean, that's why we find, that's why we shop for doctors. That's why women who have babies go and talk to different doctors and different pediatricians. And I mean. Even down to the point of find a doctor that goes along with your birthing plan. Right. That, that supports the type of, the type of birth that you want to do. Um, one of the things I like about Dr. Corrigan, Corrigan, my cardiologist, um, is he was open to that. You know what? That's that's really interesting. I, give you know, from his scientific mind was, well, we have a guy who's relatively young, and in decent shape. This is not going to kill him immediately. Yeah, let's give it a month. Let's let's see, let's see if it clears itself up. If it was if related, if it was related to the jab, you know, he was he was he was as curious as I was, because I didn't want a procedure or to go on blood thinners or anything else if I didn't have to. Not to mention those blood thinners are about six hundred bucks a month, right? But nice. it was, but it, but it, it was him being it, it was him having an honest and open conversation with me, and most doctors invite a second opinion. Yeah, go talk to somebody else, please, and let me know, and let me know what they say. If someone has a different opinion, and we can discuss it. It happens all the time with orthopedic cases. You know, one doctor may want to replace, do a complete knee replacement. Another doctor say, "We really don't need to do a knee replacement at this point. We can, uh, we can do this, 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 and this, and and maybe maybe do some therapy and keep you from major surgery for for a while." It happens with orthopedics all the time, and they don't get they don't get mad. But for the government, to say misinformation. No, who gets to decide what misinformation is? Not the government. I mean, my God. Speaking of misinformation, from the Hill. Survey finds Americans wildly misinformed on housing market. This is a survey from NerdWallet. Yes, I thought this was, I found this actually the night before we recorded, and I just thought it was super fascinating. But um, just because I love shopping for houses, like I love looking at houses online and Zillow and like seeing what, especially when you have lived in an area long enough and it's like where, where I am, there's a smaller community and you see houses go on the market like multiple times over several years and you watch the evolution of the house and the prices and everything. But anyway, um, they this, this article said that 28 million Americans plan to purchase a home this year and that likely only a small percentage of them actually will because – only 6 million homes sold in 2021 when the housing market was, quote, booming. And then last year in 2022, 70% of the people who planned to buy a house were not actually successful. And they they cited reasons, like the top reasons, obviously, being they submitted an offer and the offer wasn't accepted or that they couldn't find a home that they believed was um, affordable. 
and the survey that they put out asked people on average what they hoped to spend on a home, which was across the country, $269,000. And what's mind-blowing is that the average or the medium home price in December of last year was 388000 So like $120,000 difference basically um, between what people like think that they're going to go buy a house for versus what is out there for. No wonder only 6 million of 30 million basically are buying houses. Well, keep in mind in 2021, the, uh, the interest rates were still nothing. For sure. So that $388,000 house didn't cost, didn't hit your debt to income as hard. Plus with, you know, people who were selling their houses were getting top dollar. So, yeah, look, people, you know, we talk about median house prices. You can go outside of Atlanta and buy a house for in the hundred to $150,000 range. Easy. Is it going to be on five acres and have, have a new updated kitchen and hardwood floors and all this stuff? Probably not. But to get into house ownership and have and have uh, have something that that you can improve upon, there are lots of areas outside of metro. That but when you do that, where the hell are you going to work when you live two hours from Atlanta, where you have spotty internet in some places? So work from home may not be an option if you're on you know dial up or satellite uh, uh, internet. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done some jobs not far. I mean, an hour, hour and a half from me, not that far, where there's no cell reception. You're just in the middle of nowhere. But you, if uh, and not those school districts aren't necessarily the best either. So it's, I don't know. the The cost of renting has gotten has gotten so high that you know I, I feel for these folks. They're getting squeezed from every direction. I agree, but if you don't have to move, don't move. Exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, like if you are, I mean, if you are in a position where, you know, you'd like your commute to be 20 minutes as opposed to 35, or, you know, you would like to have a home office or another, an extra, like, those are not, that's not a necessity, and what people are also forgetting when they're just wanting to upgrade their homes is that, I mean, they're not in this same article on the Hill. It was, it was really good read, but they talked about how, you know, they're not predicting a housing crisis anytime in the near future. Um, not like OA where, you know, there was just this massive drop off, but so they're anticipating prices staying high, but at some point the market will readjust and they're going to be, way over invested in their homes. Yes, what what's going to happen is the the market will adjust because people will stop paying over asking. Mm-hmm. Uh so it it w- the the fundamentals that caused 08 aren't present in this market and the, and, the, and the primary fundamental on that was subprime lending with Dodd-Frank. Uh stated income where someone would just go in, if they had a good enough credit score, just go in and say, well, how much money do you make? I make this. Okay, here you go. Uh, the packaging and selling of loans, taking subprime mortgages and stuffing them in with other ones and, and securitizing them, all that stuff. That uh, that Those were the fundamentals that led to the crash of 08. I, I do see a cooling of the market, but I, I don't think we're going to see the, the, the problems we saw in 08. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people have made mistakes spent their savings uh, paying over market for something just to get a house where they wanted it. Uh, you know, that's, that's certainly, that's, that, that will hurt them, but banks aren't, aren't lending 120% anymore. So that was, that's cash that they're out. So they're not necessarily upside down on the loan. It's just they're upside down because they, they lost that, that extra 10% they, they, they put on it to, uh, to beat out other buyers. All right. Don't forget about the kangaroos. We're staying on the left coast for this one. Mm-hmm. Oregon plan to ban sales of kangaroo products is, a, quote, emotive misinformation, end quote, 
the, the industry says. Yeah, that's because the Oregon legislature, which I believe is the only unicameral legislature. Is Oregon unicameral or am I thinking of someone else now? Now I, now I should. Now I got myself all off track, but um, they are planning to, they have filed legislation to stop sports apparel manufacturers from using animal leather, specifically kangaroo parts, um, from being purchased. And so it would be a crime to buy, receive, sell, or commercially exchange any product containing a part of a dead camera. Um, Kangaroo. Nebraska. That makes me. Is the unicameral, my bad. So. The, uh, that makes me just because because I'm an a hole, makes me want to buy uh, kangaroo boots and fly out to Oregon. Yeah, that does make you an a hole. I'm not really like big on kangaroo products, but I'm not. I'm also, I'm even like, okay, so if you want to make a, so you, they can't manufacture them there, then. Don't agree with that, but that at least makes sense. The dumbass p- component of saying that you can't buy them is that they're already dead. Like they've already been purchased, they've already been sold, they've already been manufactured, they're being transported. Um, you're not saving the kangaroos. Well, in their in their thought process, if you remove the market, then you can't help the ones that have already been killed, but they won't kill future kangaroos because they won't be anywhere to sell it. Kangaroos are a nuisance. Uh, well, even conservation experts are backing, like they, they say it's okay to, I mean, you want everything made out of kangaroo, but. They're not endangered. They're not close to being endangered. They are the Australia's deer. Mm-hmm. So people who get venison uh, eat venison or have product made with with venison leather look lambskin gloves well guess where that comes from they didn't get that name because it's soft as a lambskin it's because it is yeah. uh we don't have any problem with with uh with eating lamb or having uh lamb chops from from New Zealand shipped in or lamb leather shipped in <clears throat> Excuse me, from, from from New Zealand. We don't have a problem with that. Lambs are cute. But for some reason they've they have focused in on this on this kangaroo thing. And I and I get it. We all love kangaroos. We all love marsupials and they're cute and and uh you know, we had Captain Kangaroo and and all that stuff, but it's just an animal. It's not domesticated, it's just an animal. Well, you know what's crazy, and I guarantee because you can buy it at Petco and PetSmart, and I'm sure that they have similar stores, if not those stores out in Oregon, but they sell dog food that has kangaroo. It's just one of the special diet, you know, versions of... um, Yeah, super, super lean meat. Yeah, it's... They sell that for dogs to to eat, and I mean, the kangaroos have to die for that. (laughs) Oddly enough. Mm Mm-hmm. You mean there aren't a bunch of buffaloes that had their wings cut off of them? Um, no, it's it's look the meat is super lean. I'm not, I've had it I've had it, I've had it prepared well, and I've had it done poorly. Uh, but kangaroo kangaroo's not bad. It's it's super super lean. Uh, we in this country tend to like meat that's a little fattier. That's what prime beef is, is it has a proper proper marbling of fat. So when you cook it, the fat melts into the meat, making it more tender and honestly more delicious because fat is flavor. Told you, I got a cardiologist. Um, I don't I don't know what put the bee in somebody's bonnet. It's not like they're trying to protect the Oregon duck or trying to protect the Oregon beaver, which are the two uh, mascots for the two big schools in Oregon. Uh, they're not accomplishing anything. And I just, I, I would, I wonder about the genesis of bills like this. I mean, is there a Chris Severe type person uh, of kangaroos that came up with this and they're, he's pushing this legislation in different places around the country? I, I, I don't know. Like I said, kangaroos are a nuisance, just like deer are here. If we don't have enough hunters to, to thin the deer population, We'd have them hit everywhere. We'd have people dying on the roads from hitting deer. 
Yeah. It's... But California was way ahead of it. They did it back in the 70s. Right. And Connecticut is, I guess, following suit and doing it this year, too. But there there has to be some some lobbyist somewhere, some some nutcase like Chris Severe that has taken up the rue. I don't know. Maybe you tried to marry one. I don't know. But there has to be. I mean, this can't this is not maybe it's PETA trying to knock off one animal at a time. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's stupidity. Uh, and I understand we don't want dog skin wallets because of our sensitivity to it. But you know, we if the Australians have no problem, no problem uh, uh, having the the kangaroos slaughtered and using their products and and eating uh, eating the eating the the meat, then and why should we? And they're exporting it, right? Yeah, the yeah they're they're killing enough to export. And they look, they are, most of these things are farm raised. They're not going out in the outback shooting kangaroos and selling the meat. You can't do that. We wouldn't allow the import if it was a wild game. Because we, we, we don't allow the this, this, this sale of wild game. Venison you buy in the store was farm raised. It's not, it's not some guy's venison that he killed and dropped it off a processor and they, sold, they sent it over to the meat market. Oh, man, really? Oh, man, I know. <laughs> All right, Jess, you got a closing thought? No, I'll defer to you. I found this interesting this week. You, and I've said before, I watch old shows. Uh, and, and I knew these, I've seen them all a thousand times, but Mike Farrell, who played uh, BJ Honeycutt on MASH, did two episodes in the same decade for two different shows. One for, one for uh, Bonanza, where he played a physician who was addicted to morphine, and then later in the decade, as uh, Captain B.J. Honeycutt and MASH helping a patient addicted to morphine. What I find interesting about that is these, these shows are 50 years old. And they were already addressing the opiate problem. In half a century of recognizing that opiates can be addictive and dangerous... All, all government by stepping in and attempting to address it has done nothing but make it worse. Even the the yeah oh, I know even the, the episode of 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 Bonanza where they they read from the Surgeon General that uh, morphine is a wonder drug, and and during the Civil War was considered a wonder drug, allow uh, you know taking away pain when they're cutting off somebody's leg. Uh, but the the addictive nature and, and all that was addressed in 1972, and I'm sure there are, there are episodes bef- of other shows before that. But we've been we've been in this opiate fight for you know documented and 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 popular culture for half a century, and all it's done is get worse. Nobody sets out to buy fentanyl. Fentanyl is a problem because the government made it hard to get opiates. For those who are addicted. But don't worry, more more government will certainly fix it. Right. So on that happy on that happy thought, a good shot in the arm. Uh, for Eric Cumby, for my partner in this endeavor and owner of the GeorgianVirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. I'm Dave Roberts. We'll talk to you next week. Very